And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. God gave me a title this afternoon while just meditating on what I, what I prepared tonight. And the title is, What Are You Doing Here? What are you doing here? You remember last week we spoke about a place called there. God told Elijah, there I will provide for you. There I will empower you. There. Tonight, we're going to see that Elijah is not at the place called there. He's at the place called here. You see, when you're not at the place called here, and you find yourself anywhere, you have to answer some questions from God. Glory be to God. And so these three questions we're going to look at tonight were questions pelted at Elijah from God because he was not at the place called there. Brothers and sisters, there is a place called there where God has directed all of us to be. And it behooves you and I. I said last week, I said last week, and you hear me very carefully, carefully, sorry, I'm speaking so fast because I got so many notes. I said last week, if this year is unfolding, as 2020 and 2019, then we need to listen to these teachings because we cannot repeat 2020 and 2019. We've got to be where God wants us to be and do what God wants us to do exactly as though he tells us to. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? And so tonight we see Elijah, prophet Elijah. How many of you would agree he's truly a man of God? Truly a man of God, he called fire down from heaven, unheard of, unprecedented, and not once, a couple times. Mm? And that's why many of us prophets today, you know, we want to pattern our ministry after that of Elijah. Not only us, the disciples wanted to. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you remembered. Uh, Matthew chapter 17, when they went to the Mount of Transfiguration, you remember that. So not only he made such an impression on preachers back then and preachers today that today we want to be like him not like jesus but like him no I, I want you to hear me very carefully we thank god for these men and women of god we stand on the sh on the shoulders of these men and women of god but don't you ever forget is it me or not i feel a little hot <laughs> praise the lord <laughs> We stand on the shoulders of these giants. We cannot forget that. We, we must appreciate that. But I want you to keep in mind that brothers and sisters, we must never take our eyes off Jesus Christ. Amen. Matthew 17, we see a few. Uh, three apostles wanted to be like Elijah. Jesus transfigured before them. His face began to shine. Matthew 17 verse 2. Amen. Like the sun and, um, and appeared to Jesus with Jesus was Moses and, and Elijah. Mm -mm, the Bible is right, right? And, and, and um, they began talking with Jesus. And Peter said, let's build, <laughs> Let, let's build three churches. One for Jesus, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And God interrupted the conversation and said, no, no, no. His, Moses' days are gone. Elijah's days are gone. Listen to my son, Jesus Christ. He has the answer. I hear what I'm saying, saints, and we must not forget that today, that Jesus is the answer for the world today. Amen? 
He's the answer. We thank God for these men and women who, it is amazing how they gave and, and sacrificed their lives to hear from God for us. But you must never forget who's the real source. Amen? Interestingly though, what I find was very few modern prophets want to be like prophet Isaiah. And, and listen, the reason why most of us want to be like prophet Elijah is because he called fire down from heaven. He did some powerful stuff. But guess what? Isaiah, he was the most quoted prophet in the New Testament. 21 times the New Testament prophets quoted Isaiah. Jesus started his ministry quoting from the book of Isaiah chapter 61. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Are you with me? All that is from prophet Isaiah. Scroll. You remember he went to the, uh, to the synagogue and they asked him to preach. He was visiting. John the Baptist started his ministry. Quoting from Elijah, I think, quoting from Isaiah chapter 4. He said, I am a voice. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 40 verse 3. He said, the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert. That is straight from the book of Isaiah, but very few of us want to be like prophet Isaiah. You see, he didn't call fire from heaven. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. So, tonight... Let's look at the three questions spelled that Elijah, because he was not at a place called there. Mm -hmm. Can I go to 1 Kings chapter 19? Let's start from verse 15. Can you back up to verse 14? Verse 14. Because I want you to see. Can you go to verse 13? Verse 13. Good. The last question in that is where God gave me the, the subject for tonight. What doest thou there, Elijah? What are you doing here? I didn't ask you to be here. And where Elijah was at the time was on Mount Horeb, Mount Sinai. That's where he was. God didn't ask you to be at Mount Sinai. He asked you to go down uh, and do three things. But you chose not to. You find yourself there here but not there let me say that you find yourself where here but not there are you getting what i'm saying i feel the presence of the lord for some reason glory be to god <laughs> oh thank you jesus are you getting what i'm saying saints and you will see brothers and sisters th there are some things you and i cannot miss god is asking the men why are you here and he's trying to defend his position it is not me that's asking you prophet elijah it is the king of kings and the lord of lords so we need to answer correctly <laughs> and you will see god asked the man twice that's to show you it doesn't matter how much we accomplish in god we must keep our how much a human being accomplish in god keep your eyes on god Keep your eyes on Jesus. Mm, Paul knew best. Paul said, follow me as I... <laughs> Paul said, I'm going somewhere. I'm not on my own. <laughs> I'm following somebody. Glory be to God. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. So, that's why I got the topic God gave me this afternoon after meditating on these verses. Let's see the three. The three. Did I say three commands God gave him? Jump to verse 15 quickly. Verse 15. And the Lord said to him, 
You know, I hate breaking into, but I'll explain. You know what? The Lord said to him, Can you bring up our exhibit? The Lord said to him, Go return on the way to the wilderness of Damascus. This is my exhibit right here, and I want to deliberately. I have the three things God told Elijah to do. Do we have a pointer? No. Wonderful. So we have the Lord said to him, 1 Kings 19 verse 15 Go return to the way of the wilderness of Damascus And when thou comest Now I want you to see Everything I have highlighted Underlined And italicized is not in the Bible I inserted it in there To explain So God said to him The first thing I want you to do is to anoint Hazael to be king over Syria instead of Benedad. Benedad was the current king. Then God said to him, number two, I want you to anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi. You shall anoint to be king over Israel at the time. Wicked Ahab was the king. Then God said to him, not only that, Elisha, I want you to anoint Elisha, the son of Sephat. Of Abelmi, Abelmi Hola. You just so nice speaking in tongues. Thou shalt anoint him to be prophet in your place. God said, You need to do three things. I need you to anoint Hazael because I know what Benedad is going to do. Mm -hmm. And so God is trying to get ahead of the wickedness. That the devil is going to inspire Ben-Hadad to do. God said not only that. I want you to anoint Jehu instead of Ahab. Because uh, you'll see in a while. I'm going to show you. Because Elijah did not go ahead and anoint Jehu. Ahab wanted Naboth's vineyard. Naboth's family left him a vineyard. They left him some property. And, it's, and it's, it, it, it's been going down through the family for generations. All of a sudden, Ahab wants his vineyard. And Ahab said, well, it's closer to my house. I'll give you so much. I'll give you much more than it's worth. And Naboth said, no, no, no. That's been in our family for a long time. That's what? Ahab went home very disappointed, turned his back to the wall. His wife is speaking to him. And he's quiet. He's mad. You remember the story? Then God said to him, not only that, it seems like Elijah, I gave you two chances to explain why you are here and not at the place called there. And on two consecutive occasions, you are not repenting and telling me the truth. God, I give you praise. I'm going to show you in a while. God gave him a second chance to tell the truth. Twice in the Bible he's told, What doest thou here, Elijah? Let's just cut to the chase. Tell me why you are not where I told you to be. And all Elijah has to say, Well, Lord, I repent. Can I go back? And the Lord will say, Yes. Let me go back where God told me to be. Because if I'm not, I don't have the Lord's power and authority. Because I'm not where God told me to be. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Since I, I'm, getting, I'm getting a little excited because I'm seeing myself in that story. Amen? Amen? So here, what, what, what I want to do is I want to show you all the, should I say, the activities which motivated God to issue these three commands. 
Because God didn't just tell him to do these three things out of the blue. There are some things which happened, I believe, brothers and sisters, that you and I should investigate. Amen? To see why God told him, it is your time to go home. You need a replacement. You need, a re you need your coming home. Amen? Elisha, the son of Sephat, is going to take your place. Okay, it seems like you're not ready. <laughs> you're not ready to tell the truth. You're not ready to repent. How many of you, you would agree God is looking for real people? Amen. God knows the hearts of everybody. You're play, playing games with God. Saying something you know that's not true. Twice he said it. Ah, God, I give the praise. Now, we're in chapter 19. Let's go to chapter 18 and see. Let's see what led up to God issuing these three commands. Chapter 18, just... I think in our Bibles, it's one page to the left. <laughs> in one page to the left, in chapter 18, Elijah calls down fire from heaven. You remember that? In verse 38, then the fire of the Lord came down. Amen. In doing so, Elijah convinced 850 lying prophets of Baal, which at that Jezebel's table, he convinced them that the Lord is God. You remember, they all bowed when the fire came down. What did Elijah did? He went ahead and he slew. He took, he took a machete. Now, Bible days were rough days. <laughs> you have 850 prophets, lying prophets. And the reason why, the reason why God had, God told Elijah to do that is because these men, they were possessed. Back in the Old Testament, they didn't have the power to, to do what? Jesus had not yet died, so he didn't have the power to cast out demons. So it's either you kill them, are you getting what I'm saying? And hear me, brothers and sisters, I'm not, I'm not saying that because I'm happy. It's Bible truth. How many of you agree sometimes we get so ill, a certain, if a certain part of the body gets so ill, you have to amputate it for survival. So what God did, he did a favor to humanity by slewing, he slew or slay, by slaying 850 demon-possessed preachers. He did a favor to humanity. Well, let me, then Elijah did all of that. Let's see what else he did. Let's see. You would think that somebody who walked in the power and authority and anointing of God would be responsible. That's what I'm saying. If you've tasted of the power of God, if you've walked in the authority and power, then you need to be responsible for what you've experienced. Ah. God, I give you praise. Oh, hallelujah. Mm. And so, he slew them. Then, he made rain manifest. Can you imagine? Elijah made rain manifest. <laughs> he had a promise from God. It wasn't raining. It was shortly after he slew all these uh, lying prophets. He went up on top of the mountain and he told Ahab, I want you to go to Jezreel. It's about to rain. The sun was shining. No clouds. And he made rain manifest because he had a promise from God. The Bible tells us he went on his knee. You, we preached it. We talked about it. He took, he took his position of prayer. He placed his head between his legs. And he prayed until clouds appeared. The last time, the seventh time, his, um, his attendant went on top of the hill. He said, Master, I saw a cloud, a cloud the size of a man's hand. 
<laughs> and Elijah told Ahab, you better get on the way. It's about to rain. And before then, it became, the sky grew dark with clouds. Now that's power. You know that. The reason why we are not responsible or we don't take responsibility for, for what we've experienced with God is because most times we take that for granted. Yeah. You know, human beings, we tend to do that sometimes. Take people for granted. Well, well. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Amen. What else he did? What else he did? He, he outran. You, you need to hear this, brothers and sisters. Elijah told Ahab to get on your horse and go to Jezreel. When it began to rain, the Bible says the hand of God came upon Elijah and he outran Ahab. He overtook Ahab. Ahab was on a horse. You, you, you need to read. You, you need to read it here. You need to, can you go to 1 Kings 18 46? Right here. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah and he girded up his loins. What he did, you know, back then, you know what gird up your loins means? Back then they had, they, 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 they wore robes. So he bent, he took the back of his robe, pulled it up, tucked it in his belt. Now it looked like a pants. And he be, <laughs> that's what gird up your loins means. And he began to, and the Bible says, look, he got it up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Overtook a man on a horse. The anointing of God will do that to a man. You'll see where the Bible says the anointing of God turns a man or a woman into another person. When Saul got anointed, the Bible said he was turned into another man. Kabashata. The word, uh, anybody interested in the anointing of God? <laughs> Woo! It'll turn you into another woman of God. Another man of God. Oh, Lord, I give you praise. And guess where the anointing is today? It's in us. First John 2 20 says, The unction. Yeah. <laughs> My, 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 my. We are getting up to why God told him that. Just bear with me, amen? Glory be to Jesus. And so, after having done all that, after having been used mightily by God to accomplish all these things, and I, I left out a few for time's sake, amen? After having done all of that, Ahab went home. When Ahab went to Jezreel, he told Jezebel, Elijah slaughtered all your prophets. <laughs> and this is a response. First Kings 19, 1 to 4. Can you go to verse? Let's look. From the, I don't want to paraphrase that. I want to read it out. First Kings 19, verse 1. And Abel told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. And withal, how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Verse 2. Then Jezebel sent a messenger hmm, unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me. And more also, if I make not your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Here it comes. Verse 3. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey. <laughs> into the wilderness running from Jezebel 
and came and sat down on the juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might what? Die. We get into why God told him so. He said, God, I'm done with this right here. I'm done with preaching. My life has been threatened. It is enough for me. I've been running enough from Jezebel. Kings have chased me enough. Hmm? I can no longer be your servant. He told his armor bearer, you stay here, I'm done. I'm leaving. And then he said, oh Lord, take away my life. How many times do you have to ask God to? For I am not better than my fathers. Why Elijah did, why Elijah did that? Verse 3. I'm going to make a point here. Verse 3. Because he saw. What did he see? What did Elijah see? He saw himself dead like one of the prophets he had killed the day before. That's what he saw. Remember he had killed personally 850 prophets. You remember that? The, be careful with the mind. He saw. Look, look. Hear me brothers and sisters. He saw himself dead. He saw the graphic picture. He saw himself buried. And once that image was imprinted on the canvas of his memory, he was gone. Ah, glory be to Jesus. He fled in fear. Hmm? Are you getting what I'm saying? Ahab was not afraid of... Oh, he, look, Elijah was not afraid of Ahab's armies. He was not afraid of all the, all the false prophets. Are you with me, saints? He, didn't, he was not afraid of all the people. Who were there when fire came down from heaven. But what Jezebel said to him. He saw himself dead. How could this happen? How could, it, how could this happen? How, how is it possible that a man used so mightily by God. Would move from total boldness and to fear so quickly. How is that possible? One, he's human. Secondly, he quit trusting God. And begin reading what the paper said about him. The Tehlasi Democrat start talking about Elijah. <laughs> Again, what I'm saying. That's why you need to keep your eyes on God's word. Are you with me, saints? He saw. He saw. Can I? Can I? Can I? Can I make it plain? He said, "Until you stop watching CNN and the news about the coronavirus, you'll see yourself dead and live in fear." Well, let me move on here. Let me. It is, look, there is nothing new under the sun. It is right there. That's why my wife and I, we don't look at that news. We do not look at that news. No, no, no. We turn up the channel. We swing over. I get up for a glass of water. No, it's not getting in my psyche. Because fear is going to, well, let me move on. Some of you behaving like, behave like, well, what is he talking about? I'm not sure. It happened to Elijah. He saw, you see, with the mind through the eyes. With the mind through, if your mind see you dead, fear. That's it. So you don't watch what's going to promote fear. Amen. So he fled to Horeb. Mm, it took him 40 days. The man was on foot running from Jezebel for 40 days and 40 nights. He ended, 40 nights. He ended up in a cave. And while he was in the cave, the word of the Lord came to him. Can you go to verse 19? Verse 9, sorry. 1 Kings 19. The word of the Lord came to Elijah in a cave. Amen. <laughs> and said, which is our topic for tonight. 
And he came thither unto a cave. After running from what Jezebel said for 40 days and 40 nights, he ended up in a cave. He went, the, I think it's a, in a previous verse said, he went to Horeb. Horeb is Mount Sinai. You remember what happened on Mount Sinai? You remember what happened on Mount Sinai? On Mount Sinai, God, Moses came down with the Ten Commandments. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai, 3,000 died. <laughs> you remember that? He went there. That's where he ran to Mount Sinai. That's not the place God told him to go. That's why God said, what are you doing here? You should be at the place called there. That's not where I told you to be. <laughs> and the Lord said, what are you doing there? And th th this, we are getting to why God gave him these three commands. This is what's so disappointing. And you will see it in a while. Let's move, let's move. I, I need to do, um, I need to cover much more than tonight. So the Bible tells us, God asked him, what are you doing there? And instead of repenting, amen, God gave him an opportunity. God, how many of you know God is a good God? He's not at the place called there. He's here. God is giving him, giving him, God is giving him an opportunity to go back there. But notice what he's doing. Notice what he's doing. Verse 10. Can you go to verse 10? Verse 10. And he said, God asked, what are you doing here? He's going to inform God of what God doesn't know. And to defend himself. Yes, yes. He said, and he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken like God doesn't know. Your covenant, thrown down your altars. Yes, I told you to call fire from heaven. I know that. But God is so, God is such a gentleman. Me, I'm interrupting him. But not God. God just let him talk. He's very therapeutic, right? To talk, amen. <laughs> Isn't God a good God? Oh, hi. So therapy, praise God. Thrown down your altars and slain your prophets with the sword. And I have, that is why he didn't tell the truth. Even I only am I left. And they seek my life to take it. He knew. He knew that he was not the only prophets. Because before that, Obadiah. In 1 Kings chapter 18, I think verse 13, Obadiah told him, Ab, can you go to 1 Kings chapter 18, I think it's verse 13. Obadiah said, I have heed. Yeah. Was it not told my Lord what I did? What I did when Jezreel slew the prophets, Jezebel, sorry. Can you go to verse 14? Verse 14 says, and now how? It, it's, 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 which verse? I'm looking for verse Verse 13. Yes, what is verse 13, the second part of verse 13? Verse 13 has a second part. Where is it? A one hundred listen, a hundred men of the Lord's by fifty in a cave and fed them with bread. Obadiah told him, You are not the only one who didn't bow to Jezebel. I hid a lot of prophets, men of God, by I think how many we are told here? How many? Eight hundred? I'm not sure. But he said, I hid. And Elijah knew that. And he's talking to God, not telling God the truth. God is giving him a second chance to redeem himself. 
And so he began to defend himself. Hmm? God gave him a second chance. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. Verse 13. You can go to verse 13. So he told God in verse 9. He told God in verse 9. God asked him in verse 9, What are you doing here? God is asking him again in verse 13 the very same question. What doest thou here, Elijah? Twice. You see that in the Bible? Twice God is giving, giving the man a chance to redeem himself. But he would not redeem himself. What did, let's see how he responded the second time. Verse 14. What did he say in verse 14? And he said, I have been very... He's saying the same thing. He's lying twice. I didn't want to use the word lie, but it just slept out. I'm sorry about that. He's not telling the truth. He knew Obadiah told him. I hid quite a few preachers in caves. They didn't bow to Jezebel. I hid them and I gave them bread. But that's what happens, brothers and sisters, when you quit trusting in God. And you begin reading the news about yourself, your accomplishment. Amen? And so, God said to him, okay, Elijah, if that's the case, if you will not tell me the truth, I'm not going to play your games. Amen? That's when he told him what he told him in verse, can you go to verse, um, let's go to verse 14, let's go to verse, uh, God is going to respond to him the second time. Verse, and the Lord said unto him, go return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus, when thou comest unto Haziel, when thou comest, one anoint Haziel to be king over Syria. That's what we started with. These are the three commands God gave him he never fulfilled. Then God said to him, anoint Haziel to be over Syria. Ben-Hadad was the king then. Then God said to him, anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, amen, to be king over Israel. Ahab was the king at the time. And Elisha, the son of Sephat, of a bim, of a... Somebody can pronounce that later. You can anoint him. You can anoint him to take your place. Anoint Elijah to take your place. And notice what Elijah did. Notice what Elijah did. He did not go to anoint Jehu, nor Haziel. Notice what he did. Verse 17. Look, he responded. He was fed up, he was tired. And it came to pass that him that escapes the sword of Haziel shall... Jehu slay and him that escapeth the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Verse 18. Yet I have left God to the truth. Now God said I have left more than 7,000 in Israel. All the knees which have not bowed unto Baal. Look you, you here boasting I'm the only one. And God gave you the opportunity twice to tell the truth. And so God said while, I'm, while you're on your way out. Let me just tell you the truth. <laughs> can you go back to that verse please verse 18 and all God wants us to do is be real be real he looks at the heart first I think it's first Samuel chapter 16 verse 7 God looks at the heart human beings look at the outward the outward amen you know I had forgotten that humans look on the outward amen my wife always used to say to me surely why, why, why don't you dress more appropriately as a pastor live in the house always used to tell me that I said ah you know the two couple years ago I said I am who I am 
until I met somebody. They said, Pastor! <laughs> That's how you are! I forgot that humans look on the outward appearance. And as a pastor, you got a responsibility. Amen? Yeah, let me say that again here. As a Christian, that's right. But especially as a Christian leader. Amen? If you say so, then you got a responsibility. Praise the Lord. Do not dress like a vagabond. Glory be to Jesus. So this is the second time I thank God for my wife. Amen? This is the second time God gave him the chance. And right here, let's read, let's read. He said, God said, I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all knees not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. Can you go to verse 19? Then God has given him his marching orders. So he departed. Notice, even after God told him the truth. See what he did. So he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Sephat, who was plowing with 12 oxen. He went and get his replacement. He didn't go anoint Hesiel, neither Jehu. He went and anointed his replacement. And he left the oxen. No, no, there's a part. There's, a, there's another part. So, yeah, before him, with, before him, he with the twelfth, and Elijah passed by him and cast this mantle upon him. Elijah took his coat and threw the coat on Elisha. He didn't anoint him with oil. He threw the coat on Elisha. Can I share this with you on my way out? I mean, before it ends. I'm not going out anywhere. Before we end tonight. Can I share this with you? I was reading this and I said, God, what's going on? He just threw his coat on Elisha. And you told him to anoint Elisha. And God said to me, the anointing can be placed in a cloth and sent out. You remember, the Bible says the anointing. And God said to me, sometimes it's even better that because naysayers cannot see it coming. They haven't got time to doubt the power of God. Woo! Are you getting The Bible said Paul in Acts, Paul prayed on cloth. And they brought them and they placed the cloth on sick people and demons left people. The anointing of God is transferable. You can put it in a cloth. Not only that, but you remember when Elisha died. Glory be to God. His bones was in the grave. And the Bible said they took a dead man. And they threw it on Elisha's body. And he just stood up because the anointing, the power penetrated his bones. <laughs> oh my God. The anointing of God is transferable. That is why Elisha did twice the amount of, uh, well, we can say more than that, but let's settle for twice the amount of miracles Elijah did. Because Elijah's, and Eli, the anointing that was on his body penetrated his mantle to the point where he placed it on Elisha and Elisha was anointed. He didn't anoint him with oil. That's the norm. God said the anointing is transferable. You can pray over this cloth, prayer cloth. Amen. Glory be to Jesus. And you can send them to the hospital. And later, you don't have to go to the hospital every time. No, no, no. You lay your hands, anoint that cloth in the name of Jesus. Transfer the anointing in there. It is Bible. It is Bible. We just got to believe it. We get away from this sin, from these things. We got away from this simple tools God has given us. And we get so sophisticated. You can.
can, are you getting what I'm saying? It still can be done today because we have the first, first John 2 20. John 2 20, then we'll go to verse 27. First John chapter 2, verse 20. I want you to see that anointing that Elijah that went into Elijah's into Elijah's court, that anointing that went into Elijah's into Elijah's bones. Tell him. The anointing of God went into a man's bone. His, his body is gone, but the power of God is still in his bones. This is amazing. Notice. But you have an unction. The word unction here means anointing. From the Holy One and you. Say, let me say it again. Let, let, can read, can, let's read it together. Three. But you have an unction from the Holy One and you know. We know all things, not in our, not in our penal brain, but in our spirit. And this is talking in particular to the Antichrist. John is saying here, those of you who plan to stay, <laughs> those of you who plan to stay after the rapture, forget about the Antichrist. He's referring to the Antichrist. He's telling this in context. That's what he's saying here. He's saying, don't worry the Antichrist. You know all things because you were preached all things. The church won't be there, but those who intend to stay here. Praise the Lord. Let's go to verse 27. In case you're wondering what the unction is. Verse 27 of that same chapter. It says here, verse 27. He's repeating himself again. In case you misunderstand what unction is, the Bible is going to give you an exposition on it. Verse 27. 1 John 2, 27. But the what? Lord, have mercy. Uh-huh. But the anointing, the unction, going to in verse 20, you received of him that abideth in you where is the anointing in me the same anointing that was in elijah's court the same anointing that was in elijah's bones where is it in us oh, <laughs> oh glory be to jesus <laughs> it says in you and you need not that any man what but as the same anointing teacheth you all things and is truth and is no lie because the antichrist will be lying mm -hmm, that's the context here and even as it hath taught you you shall abide in him where's the anointing <laughs> Woo! hallelujah man i'm so excited you you, you might I, I was going to show you can i tell you something about the anointing because, you know, brothers and sisters, we tend to forget that this is a reality in our lives. You remember what the Bible says? I said it earlier on. What, what the Bible says when, when, um, when, when Saul, when, when, in the Old Testament, they valued the anointing so much that if a reigning king saw a prophet come in town secretly, he always thinks, that that prophet came to anoint somebody else and if that prophet is caught that prophet is dead because they know the anointing changes you into another man into another woman i that is what the kings were afraid of so that's why they were always on the lookout you remember i told you when saul glory be to god when saul got anointed the bible said he was i got to show it to you brothers and sisters because we need that reality i know i'm here to show you the three praise the lord but i need to show you this right here because this seems to be missing 
into today. First Samuel chapter 10 verse 6. You got it? And we'll jump to verse 9. First Samuel chapter 10 verse 6. And then we'll jump to verse 9. I want to show you from God's word, the truth of God's word. And the spirit of the Lord will come upon you. Uh-huh. That's what he's telling Saul, King Saul. He's going to be anointed as king. And he's told when the anointing oil hits your head. Mm -hmm. When the anointing oil hits your head. That's what's going The spirit of the Lord will come upon you. And thou shall what? You shall what? You shall prophesy. Amen. With them. And you shall be turned into another man. Lord, into a what? Another man. You remember Saul was very shy, but when the anointing came on Saul, Saul got up. Saul got up. The, the men of Israel were afraid. Saul took up. Saul got the oh, glory. Be the, the spirit of God came on Saul and he took an animal, cut it in 12 pieces, sent it to every tribe and said, if you don't come today to fight, that's how you're going to be. Everybody came home. It only happened when the anointing he was standing to a Lord, I give you praise. Are you with me, saints? Can you go to verse, verse, uh, verse 9? Verse 9, verse 9. I'm, I'm going to end with this right here. Like I need you to see the difference the anointing makes in somebody's life. But you've got to believe it. And it was so that when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, God gave him another heart. God gave him what? And all those signs came to pass that day. The, the anointing turned him into another man and he got another heart. Man, I can show you from scripture to scripture how the anointing of God that you have, Dickness Andrea, it'll turn you into another woman. You will not be, you hear me, you'll not be quiet when you hear people. When you hear people defying the name of God, you will not remain quiet. Uh, God will give you the tongue of the lunch. You'll say something. Even if you don't say something, you'll groan. <laughs> you remember David? David's father sent him. Amen. He got himself some. some uh, sorry. He got himself somewhat. Yes, he did, he did. But before he got himself some stones, he got himself, he stopped at Burger King, got him some, got him some food for his brothers. He stopped at Wendy's, got something from McDonald's, glory be to God. Because they were not rich. So he's trying to pull as much. I'm using my imagination, amen. His, <laughs> his father sent him to bring some meals for his brothers while they were fighting against Goliath. So David came, David came in the camp of the, of, of the Israelites. And when he came, he heard Goliath. The Bible said when Goliath stepped out, all Israel fled. That's 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 16, David was anointed. He was anointed by prophet Samuel. Are you with me? Unknowingly, God was setting him up. One man who is anointed is walking into the camp and he heard the devil saying, he, he heard the devil saying, send me a man. And he said, who's that uncircumcised this time? Defying the armies of the living God. An anointed man walked in the house. <laughs> he was standing to another man, giving a different heart. Ah, glory be to God. Lord, I give you praise. <laughs> oh, you got to depend on the anointing.
in especially in these last days you got to walk in the power and authority of god ah you got to say what god's word says yeah 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 when you walk in the anointing you become invincible here he is amen and Saul is trying to can I just end with that we got a few more minutes Saul is trying the, the spirit of God left Saul a long time ago amen and here he is Saul is trying to stop him and David said glory be to God he said to Saul he said your servant kept this fathership he's testifying there came a lion and a bear first Samuel chapter 17 I'm on verse 34 and I'm bringing it home he said a lion and a bear came and took one of the little lambs my father gave me praise the Lord to protect and I went after him he said I went after the lion and I went after the bear he said and not only that I smote him and delivered him <laughs> He said, he, he said, and when he arose against me, I cut him by the beard. He said, I cut that lion by the beard. Because he's anointed. When you're anointed and you walk in your power, you're invincible. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. When you walk in the anointing, you're invincible. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? We have that available to us today. We need to make use of it and stop walking around like you are helpless. <sighs> oh, glory be to Jesus. God, we give you praise. God, power. God is with us and for us. Oh, God, we give you praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And here he is. I'm going to end with that. Can you go to verse 42? Verse 42. You got it? Verse 42. 1 Samuel 17, verse 42. Give me five more minutes, I'll be done. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. For he was but a youth. He was 17 years old, but that's all right. A 17-year-old, a man about four feet, five feet, praise God. He's coming, against, coming up against a man who's about nine to ten feet tall. But that doesn't matter. Glory be to Jesus, because he's got God with him. God placed this wind beneath his wings. Hallelujah. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou come to me with, with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, verse 44, Come to me, and I will give the, the flesh unto the fowls of the air, unto the beasts of the field. Then David said, Since let me tell you something a preacher said to me. He said, Never let the devil get the last word. <laughs> he said never let that never let that thought stay in your head Elijah should have said something to that thought he didn't oh glory be to Jesus never give that devil the last word oh glory be to God and David said he, he said to the Philistines you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts the God of the armies of Israel whom you defiled brother you crossed the line and you're going down today <laughs> Woo! And, and notice the invincibility that exists when you're in the anointing. The Bible says that David told him, This day will the Lord, verse 46, deliver you into mine hand and I will smite. He is talking back. He's prophesying the devil's defeat. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. You got to say something. 
And he said, he said, he said, he said, Ooh, where am I? 46. He said, and take, he said, and I will take your head from you. And I will give your carcass to the host of the Philistines this day, the falls of the ear. He said, not only you, but every person who's in the army of the Philistines, you all are going down today. Lord, I give you praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't that a wonderful thing, saints? Hallelujah. That same anointing is in you. That same anointing is in me. Verse 47 says, And all the assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not by sword or spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into my hands. And it came to pass, when the Philistine arose and drew nigh, notice what David did. The Bible said, David what? Hasted. Lord have mercy. He ten foot what is coming at. He, he, didn't, he didn't stroll. He did not stroll to him. No, no. He, he. Because God is for me. Who can be against me? <laughs> oh God, I give you praise. Thank you, Master, for the anointing. Thank you for the anointing. Since I had to talk about that tonight. I know we didn't finish, but I want you to remember tonight that you've got the anointing of God. Amen. See what he did in the Old Testament. He'll turn you into another man, another woman of God. Glory be to God. Since it is our time to shine. It's our time. Amen. Father, we give you praise. Come and give the Lord a hand of praise. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, glory, glory. Thank God for the anointing of God. Hallelujah. Man, I walk, talk, think about the anointing every day. I think somebody was, somebody said to me, was it you, Elder Brenda, who said to me uh, two Sundays ago, he always have a smile. Yeah, she said, you know why? Because my mind is on the anointing every second, every day. That's what I think of every second, every day. I've got help. And because I got help, man, I, I come. It's going to be all right. I'm not by myself. If God open up your eyes and you see what's with me, you might just faint. <laughs> hey, glory be to God. So I keep that smile. <laughs> oh, bless God. That is why I keep a smile because I know my mind. I'm so thankful that God is so gracious to give that to us. Thank you, Master. We give you praise tonight. We give you glory. Give you honor. If you're looking tonight and you're not saved, if you're not saved, if you're not saved, now is a good time to get saved. We live in a world that's rough and you need help. You need the anointing of God. You can only get the anointing if you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. Tonight, if you're not saved, don't harden your heart. Don't do like Elijah. Be real with God. Say, Heavenly Father, pray this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus. To take away my sins. Because I could not take away my sins. Tonight I accept him as my Lord and Savior. If you did that. Say thank you Lord for accepting me. As a Christian. Amen. If you did pray that prayer and you mean it. Send us some information at iogmtally at gmail.com. iogmtally at gmail.com. We'll write you. Amen. And pray with you. Hallelujah. Man I feel the presence of the Lord. I feel the anointing of God. Hallelujah. Hey. <laughs> Woo. My, my, my. 
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> in the anointing, you're invincible in the anointing. You don't think of nothing, no fear. You don't think of the devil. God is carrying you. Ah. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Can you lift your hands for the benediction? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. <laughs> and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you. And give you peace. Say peace. Shalom. Nothing missing. Nothing lacking. Nothing broken. Peace in my house. Yeah, peace on my job. Say peace in my heart. Peace everywhere I go. I'm a carrier of peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please take time to meditate on the Word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the Word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496. 